Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. This is A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. A retired U.S. Lieutenant Colonel, Kevin Randall has been studying UFOs for nearly 50 years. Kevin has investigated some of the most famous UFO cases in the world and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries about UFOs. Considered one of the leading experts into the Roswell UFO crash of 1947, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs, including the recently published Roswell in the 21st Century. Now, here is the host of A Different Perspective, Kevin Randall. And it truly is Kevin Randall, and this truly is A Different Perspective. And for those of you keeping score at home, this is the 37th time we've done this thing. I'm amazed that time has gone by so fast. And I think I may have to change the introduction because it says I've been studying UFOs for 50 years, which makes me really, really old. And I'm not happy about that. Maybe we'll say something like 15 years and make me much younger. Anyway, I am joined today by Chase Klotsky. She uh, earned her master trainer and master instructor title while employed with the Department of Defense. Armed with a biomechanical engineering accreditation, she is responsible for designing specialized programs and supervision of complete success regarding force readiness, unique mission responsibilities, and the elite forces. She joined the MUFON UFO Network in 1996 and was selected as a star team manager and deputy director of investigations through 2011. She was responsible for the program design protocols and investigation procedures for a national rapid response unit. This position included supervision of the most experienced investigators and access to the most sensitive and complex cases reported to MUFON. As of today, Chase leads the special assignment team 
which I guess is different than the star team that uh, I thought we might be talking about. But she uh, experienced and specialized investigators in MUFON responding to the reports that need specific and thorough attention. Welcome, Chase McCletsky. It's such an honor to be with you, Kevin. I should call you Colonel since that's exactly what I call you back in the day. Uh, Well, there you go. Uh, That's fine with me. Or you can call me Kevin, which is my name. So (laughs) (laughs) not one I'm really happy with. I keep thinking I should have a macho name like Jack or Tom or something. But (laughs) I'm stuck with Kevin. It's a Uh, great name. Pardon me? It's a great name. Okay, if you say so. Um, Let us start by talking a little bit, and we have just a couple of minutes now before we have to take a break. Um, You were, uh, I guess, involved with the STAR team uh, creation and investigations. Could you just give us a brief idea of what the STAR team is? Yeah, the START team was um, designed more for rapid response within MUFON, and they realized that uh, we have Category 1, 2, and 3. Uh, it's kind of a triage of how we um, respond to cases that are reported to us. And, of course, Category 3 uh, cases would involve physical evidence, trace evidence, which also would require uh, more rapid attention. So these cases would definitely jump to the head of the line. But with that, you need boots on the ground. Evidence is no good if we don't go get it, right? So this is what the STAR team, just kind of in a nutshell, was about, was a rapid response unit that every state would have um, experienced investigators. Um, and it was a higher level because a MUFON, you, you know, you join your uh, field investigator, but you're a trainee. Then you get a field investigator. After some years, you can be part of the STAR team. And now we have the fourth level tier, which is a special assignment team. Well, you said one, two, and three, and I think most people don't know what that refers to. You said three was physical evidence. Uh, does it does it follow the close encounters um, idea that uh, J. Allen Hynek invented, or is it something completely different? It is. Um, it's a valet classification uh, by Jacques Vallée, where um, he has developed a classification system or identification on what types of reports would generate um, the most interest or um, investigation capabilities. So it's um, the categories one, two, and three are definitely the valet classification, but the Hynek comes in there um, with the UFOs. So they have like close encounters, um, you know, just it's an AN, which means it was um, a light in the sky type of sighting. And then the one, two, or three after that would be valet. It sounds confusing, but it's just really, really easy. And one of the advantages we have as ufologists is the Hynek and the valet classifications are global. So I can be in uh, Paris and meet another UFO investigator and say, yeah, we're working on this, you know, AN1 or, you know, an FB2. They know exactly what I was talking about. So that just... We're going to have to take our break here in just a few seconds here. Uh, This is Chase McCletsky, and you can find her website at www.chasemcletsky.com, and that's K-L-O-E-T-Z-K-E.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs 
songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an eight-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. And as promised, we have returned from our short intermission for those important words. I'm joined with by, I shouldn't say with, joined by Chase McCletsky, who is a MUFON Star Team member and I guess uh, leads a special assignment team, which we were talking about before we went. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. We know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone away and learned a little bit about those teams and I think the question that most people want to have what's the neatest investigation you've been involved in as either the star team manager or part of the uh, special assignments team there's been many um, I've been doing this since 1994 and officially with MUFON since 96 although I did take a four-year break uh, for MUFON um, but definitely back in and all in because of it's the witnesses, you know, it's the people that see things that are not supposed to exist. And, you know, they're looking for people to help them. And MUFON is sincerely set up to, um, you know, take these reports and be that avenue. Uh, there are many other very, very reputable and very good reporting sites. But with MUFON, you get an investigator. And I've always liked that. Um, but uh, the neatest case um there are just so many. I guess it depends on do you, you know, if if, if a scary one or if if it was just so intriguing. But you can't be out. Think, I would think an intriguing one. I was going to say a scary one, but I'm thinking that would be more appropriate for Halloween, and we're not even close to that. So I think an intriguing case, something maybe with uh, people, witnesses to uh, alien creatures or landings or something like that. A really nice, intriguing case would be fun to talk about. Yeah, we. There's many of them um, that I've investigated, but the one that stands out would have to be the 2010 case that um, I had in Tennessee. And this is a case where the investigators became witnesses, and we know how rare that is. Usually we're um, after action teams, which, you know, we're collecting evidence, but this was one of those very rare opportunities when we were out there and caught activity happening. Um, and it was 2010, uh, I was with MUFON, and we had a witness in Middle Tennessee, way, way back in a um, very, very rural country area. Um, he first reported orange orbs and um, other strange lights that seemed to be attracted to his property, and that um, 
they were so obvious and real that he and his cousins were chasing them down dirt roads. Well, that, of course, caught my attention because when you can chase a light around a corner and down a road, there's something intelligent. So there there was something to this one. Um, so I had called the witness, um, handled a couple interviews, um, actually had talked to him on the phone um, enough times that, you know, we we're at a challenge question part of interviews. And, you know, I found the witness to be incredibly um, credible and highly intelligent and his um, pr- uh, place in society almost or in his community was extremely visible. Um, in fact, he's a national sports um, star, so to speak. Um, I didn't follow his sport, so I wasn't familiar with him, but, um, you know, very credible person. Um, they have this wonderful, humongous ranch out in Tennessee. Well, at one time he called and I had planned to go out there, but this was a time of the uh, big flood that flooded out Memphis to Nashville. Um, it was national news. It was a horrendous flood. It was huge. Um, so we had to cancel, but it was about maybe almost two and a half weeks later, I get a call from him and he's so excited. He's like, Chase, I know you were going to come out and, you know, a few more days, but there's already things going on. And this is usually what happens you know, when the triangles come and that was the well, first wait, time. Wait, wait, you say the triangles come now. You suggest you you talked about orbs of light first and now uh, you've got a triangle, triangle shaped object or, or the orbs in a triangle formation. No, this is the first time he had mentioned anything triangle to me, which I, I was surprised, Kevin, because I had, you know, I had been, you know, talking to him with these interviews, very focused on, you know, the original report and a few extra things. Um, and, you know, like most times when you first get a witness, the more you talk and, and properly interview, you do uh, get more information. And but this is the first time he mentioned triangles. And, you know, I asked him about that and he said, well, you know, I, I thought if I told you about those, you would think I was exaggerating because it's just getting crazy out here. You know, I heard triangles. I heard activity going on now. I grabbed my go bag and I left. <laughs> so I'm out my door and I pick up another MUFON investigator and we drive out to the house, which is, you know, several hours away. When I pull up into his driveway, um, you know, he's he's right there. He's very excited. Um, we get out of the vehicle and he, he brings us to the end of the driveway that overlooks, you know, his backyard, which is huge. And there's kind of a downhill. And he said, look, they're already showing up. This is what we usually get. And he points to the sky, and I clearly see these um, little points of light, and they're dancing around and, um, you know, making formations, and then they all scatter from one another. It was incredible. But we're not talking about alien spacecraft here. We're talking about lights in the sky. Absolutely. But the way they would um, come together and make a formation, um, to me, was intriguing because they were working together and then all of a sudden they would shoot off. And of course, you know, they're making right angles and, you know, just defying what we know as conventional aircraft. Well, I do have my, my tablet with me and I'm kind of scanning through, you know, at that time we were looking at, you know, the dreaded, we know are useless uh, satellite apps, but I was trying to track the ISS looking for planes. You know, I'm, I'm looking for everything I can to calm him down, point out, you know, the sensible answer. And then, then he points out another bunch and then another. And there was probably 
seven groups that I personally saw, just little groups of these little lights that would, were maneuvering together and, you know, just kind of separating. Well, when, well you say, when you say little lights, I get the impression that there's something in the distance. It's not very bright. It's uh, something that you wouldn't have been able to, say, uh, video on your, on your tablet or anything like that. Correct. Absolutely. And, you know, they were far enough away. So although we did try to get photographs of them, you know, we've got other things, uh, you know, but um, nothing definitive. So there were photos taken. But as you said, lights in the sky are the most dreaded report. Can't do much with them. So um, but then he suggests we we move to his cornfield because he has um, this humongous place down there, but it offers a panoramic view but it also offers um, kind of a security because it's completely surrounded by woods. So we jump in his big truck and we go down to the cornfield and he parks um, just barely in there. And I'm collecting um, all my equipment and we walk to the middle of this big, um, just humongous area. Now, it's important to note that the floods had just receded. So the ground was really soft. Um, and it was April and the beginning of May when this happened. So the corn's only about four or five inches high. So it's real pliable. We're not going to hurt any crops, which is why he allowed us to go out there. So we're standing in the middle and, you know, I'm setting all my equipment up on this little table I bring with me. You know, I have, you know, tri-fields, you know, all my tech stuff. I love, I love my equipment because I believe that we need to start documenting with scientific tools phenomena. So um, all of a sudden, the witness says, oh, my gosh, here it comes. I'm, I'm so excited. This is what I wanted you to see. And I kind of smile at him and I look up and sure enough, I see this light, which way off in the distance and it starts coming closer. And, you know, I start straightening up a little and looking at it thinking, wow, you know, that really is something moving and it's heading this way. So I'm starting to grab my camera and, you know, trying to get photos or whatever and as it got a little closer, two more lights popped in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's three of them. And I'm so focused on this, but I'm still trying to take photos. And then all of a sudden, my camera stopped working. I pick up my tri-field to see if I could pick up radio, electrical, uh, you know, anything um, on this. And that's not working. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's that battery drain because none of my all my equipment was dead. And I'm so frustrated because here it comes. I clearly see these three lights and then I see it. It's an outline and the outline is an object. These aren't three separate lights. This is 100% what he mentioned earlier. This is a triangle. Clearly well, blocking. Let, well, let's go back for a minute. You say there's lights. Is there mm -hmm. a color to the lights? Nope. They're just as white as white could be. And, and you know, very normal they weren't projecting any kind of beam or anything they were just lights on a craft and you could see the outline of the craft as it got closer yes not at and, first and i would assume there was one light in the in the front of it and two lights in the rear yes and it's and and do you have an idea to the size realizing of course you're looking into a night sky and that's going to be difficult to do but do you have an idea for the size can you hear anything the way i describe the size is um 
because it's the only thing. There were seven witnesses to what happened, and we'll get to that in a bit. But the only discrepancy between any of our stories was how high this thing was. We were all over the place, too. And, of course, it's a very one of the hardest things to determine when you're seeing something that's you know not supposed to exist. Um, what I can describe is it's like holding an, an average size uh, magazine wide open, opening it straight open, holding your arms out, and it still did not cover the bottom of that craft. It was, was there, that big. Was there any other detail on it other than the lights and the outline? Uh, did you get an idea of the color of it or anything like that? I described it as dark because I saw no color. What I saw was an outline as it blocked out the stars. Um, so I, I called the color dark. Um, I assume um, if it was a different color, I didn't see it. And um, the noise was absolutely silent. And it's a different silent because the closer it got, um, something's off. Um, you don't hear bugs. You don't hear anything. Um, I don't know if that's a psychological effect of you know just being so stunned or if this craft actually... Uh, change the ambient environment I was standing in, but I heard nothing, and it's an eerie nothing. It's a, um, a um, it's it's just hard to describe, but it was definitely um, a force or something. You know, there was something there. It was off, is how I put it. It's like something was wrong. Something was off. Well, you talked about it draining the batteries of your equipment. You know, you're out there in a truck. Did, were, were the lights on of the truck? Was the engine running? Did it affect the truck in any way? Do you know? Not that I know of because we weren't um, at the truck, but we do get to this truck eventually. Um, but at this point, there's no lights on. Um, we had I had like a little light uh, actually on the table with the equipment. And, you know, that went dead, too. But as the night started, um, as it got dark. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Quarter Pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Parker at night, the more and more stars were out. And I guess, you know, just your eyes getting used to being out there, um, didn't really feel like I needed it. The witness had a great big halogen um, light flashlight, but that was not on at this time. And then what happened, Kevin, is as as this triangle went directly over this cornfield, um, I'm still trying to pick up equipment. I'm frustrated. In fact, I probably dropped the cuss word when I said I'm going to throw this blanket camera across the field because I'm an investigator. It's right here. This is as close as I've ever gotten to anything, although I've seen a lot. So I, it was incredibly frustrating. We well, turned around. We're, we're watching. We're, we're going to have to take a quick break. So we'll find out what you saw when you turned around here in just a moment. I'm with uh, Chase McCletsky. Uh, her website is www.chasemcletsky.com. So you can learn more about her. I don't know where I got the McCletsky. Uh, 
Chase Klutzke. And uh, we'll have more information about this at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And for those of you who listened to last week's program, there's been quite a discussion about what John Burroughs had said. So you might want to take a look at that as well. That's www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. I just can't get anything right today, so I'm going to give up. We will return shortly after these messages. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? 
There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. And as I promised, we are back. And I figured out where the McClutsky came from. And it comes from the Battle of Midway. And one of the flight leaders, I think of one of the bomber, uh, dive bomber groups, was named McClutsky. I think that's where it came from. And it just sort of invaded my brain there. But this is Chase Kletsky. And her website is www.chasekletsky.com. And my blog is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And I'm not sure why I was so confused at the end of the last segment. When we went away, we had a, I was going to say diamond, triangular-shaped object flying over a cornfield. It was, it may have been uh, sucking the power out of the batteries of the various pieces of equipment and... When we went away, Chase had just said she turned around, and now we're going to find out what she saw when she turned around. It's up to you, Chase. Take it from there. Okay. Well, um, at this point, the triangle um, was further away, um, and it was never changed altitude, speed, anything. It completely just stayed on one course, completely seemingly oblivious of us even being there. It just did it, you know, just did its little flyby, and that was it. Um, I was still reaching for my camera. It's one of those things, Kevin, where you're just looking at something so friggin' incredible. You don't want to take your eyes off it. But, you know, I kind of blink down real quick, get my camera, look back, and all of a sudden it's working again. So it wasn't the battery drain that we hear often happens in um, these type of events, including paranormal and even cryptid. Um, for some reason, everything I had is completely back online. Knowing that um, I've taken just about every photo that possibly could be taken with it so far away, um, you know, that I was hoping I got something I could use, I decided to check my batteries because I just didn't trust them. I wanted to change out the batteries um, and finish this investigation. And because now we have a craft in the area, we, we can look for trace effects. There's, you know, as you know, 100 things we can do. So as I'm changing out the batteries, I just started getting this weird feeling and I can remember turning around and saying hey guys anyone else feel like you're being watched and I don't mean from up there and I I honestly remember this fear it was physical and it pounded pounded right into me like it just hit me um and the only way I can describe it is this wasn't fight or flight this wasn't a knot in my stomach or ooh I'm scared this was a physical panic, absolute terror. Um, and I just remember <clears throat> I turned and I started running. And when I did turn, I could see that the witness and the other investigator turned at the exact same time, the exact same direction, and everyone was now running. And while we were running, I just remember um, really not thinking anything, just just going and then all of a sudden I hit 
what felt like a wall, a complete brick wall. And it turned out to be the witness who was in front of me. And I hit him so hard that um, it was shocking. You know, I, I felt like I was going to fall over. I didn't know how we were both still standing, actually. And I heard him say, what the F is that? And at this time, he had on a great big flashlight in his left hand. And he swung his hand over. And not six feet from us, about six feet, here's just this little being just standing there. And I remember being so stunned something was there. Um, and the next thing I know, we're running. And we get in his truck. We leave. Um, he left that cornfield so fast. We took air, landed on the road, um, got in his driveway. Uh, we all piled out of his truck. And nobody's saying a word. Um, I remember that all kind of got broken up when I kind of giggled a little. I said, what the hell is going on? Like, what just happened? Why did we run? Like, what? That's crazy. And I looked at the other investigator. I said, we need to call the state director immediately. Um, you know, the witnesses or the investigators are just now witnesses. And as she turned to call the state director, uh, the witness came up to me and he literally Kevin was on a knee like he collapsed into a knee and he's like thank you so much for coming out Chase I thought I was crazy you saw that right you saw that you know and I, I said yes knowing we cannot discuss it his next question was um you know what what is that what do they want and I well, remember wait, let's let's take a step back here because you talked about seeing a little creature a little being mm -hmm. a description of it would be nice it was probably about three and a half feet. I described it as three and a half feet. Um, I, I absolutely think it was fake or mechanical. Um, however, the look of it was completely biological. You would think, you know, it, it just, um, it was kind of a gray material. But the first thing I thought when I saw it, I do remember a thought going through my head, this is not the cute little Roswell alien. I, that's exact. I, you know, big, bad, sophisticated investigator. That's exactly the first thing I thought was, oh, my God, it's not the little Roswell guy. Um, was it, it was, was it humanoid? It absolutely was humanoid. Um, and it was close. It was close to, um, you know, what you often see described with the Roswell aliens or the Roswell beings. But um, it was different. Um, the eyes weren't as big. The eyes were more human. Um, I don't, I don't remember really seeing his legs or his hands because honestly, Kevin, we looked at this. I, I kind of call it the one second because we stopped the flashlight. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. It landed on them. And in this amount of time, one, one thousand, two, we were gone. So I kind of call it the one second that changed my life. Because so you turned you turned and fled from the creature. You didn't. Which, absolutely. But, Kevin, I want to be very clear, especially with your listeners. You know, there was no control. We we were not in, in control of that run. Nobody was frightened. 
we just saw a triangle. We were excited. You know, I, we were ready to continue the investigation. I'm getting things ready, you know, to get out there for trace effects because a triangle just went over us. I wanted to check the electromagnetic. And then all of a sudden we're running. We had no control. None. Whatever was going on, we weren't supposed to be there. And we were ta- we to get out of there. Because who doesn't come face to face and, and want to stop and at least say something or just stand there and wait for contact. We had no choice. I promise you every single one of us in that field said, we don't know why we ran and none of us are runners. In fact, when the witness first brought us down there, um, after he parked the truck and I'm hauling, you know, my table and some equipment out, he pulls out a shotgun and apparently the look on my face was a little panic. And he said, no, 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 Chase. No, no. He says, we have a problem with coyotes out here. So I have this in case, you know, they come up and, and we have trouble with them. These people live so far out in the country. They don't call 911. They don't run. They handle their problems. They take care of it. He didn't tell us to run to the truck if we saw coyotes. You know, he was going to take care of it with his shotgun. You know, the, it's a total um, mentality. So he wouldn't have been one to run. And I guarantee you the two investigators out there, including myself, wasn't an option. There is no way. Um, well, we're, we're assuming this, this being was associated with the triangle. I, I question all of it because the one thing I left with that, that evening, you know, the state director was on his way, the chief investigator. I mean, this turned into a big deal. And I just remember thinking, I can't, even to this day, talking about it, Kevin, something was wrong. Something was off. Um, we were right back in that cornfield, not even a half hour after we left. Um, so this wasn't fear. I went right back. I'm thinking, I saw a being there. There's got to be footprints, trace evidence. Again, I'm thinking as an investigator. We were right back in that field, not even 30 minutes later. Um, so this had nothing to do with us being afraid of it or running away from the alien. I'll tell you, Kevin, I get so tired of people saying, oh, my God, if it was me, I would have tried to make contact. Well, geez, you know, that would have been nice if I had an option. I don't know why I ran. I still don't know why I ran um, or why you, any of us did. Well, you bring up physical evidence. When you went back out, did you find footprints? Did you find anything that would suggest this event was based in reality? No, not a thing. And in fact, I could I could trace exactly where we walked out there, even where we ran. I even found the scuffle marks where I hit that witness. I found nothing else. And there was a thing that occurred to me is because we had walked out to the middle of the field and the witnesses cousins had come down, although they didn't come out to the cornfield because they knew they weren't supposed to, they stayed on the periphery and right there um, by the woods edge. And it even occurred to me, did they come out and somehow when we're looking at this triangle place like a fake, I mean, I went through all of it except there were no footprints from them either. So the good news was the ground was prime um, for this, which also helped me, you know, um, exclude other things I thought of. Um, but I have, I've done everything since this case. It's not solved. It's still open. Um, I've listened to everybody. Uh, there's so many people out there that have uh, tried to help me with an answer, um, everything right down to the government um, experimenting on us or whatever. I'll take any of it. Um, I just really like to solve it. But to this day, 
um, I still have the same feeling I left that site with and drove home that night. Something's but, wrong. Something's but, off. But the bottom line, the, the, the triangular-shaped object did nothing to the corn. Right. I mean, there was no evidence of that. It obviously left nothing. It didn't land, so there was no landing imprints or anything like that. Uh, you didn't get any pictures, I, I take it. We have uh, several um, that are you know far enough away that you can tell that there were three lights. But again, once again, we have lights in the sky so far away um, in the distance, not so much high, um, that they're they're almost useless. It doesn't at all show what we witnessed ourselves. And, um, you know, I've even had, you know, people, um, experiencers and people that work with experiencers and abductees come up and, you know, want to regress me and, you know, we need to figure out because the being was this and that. And, you know, I will listen to anyone on what could have possibly happened out there because truthfully, I have more questions than answers. Um, what I do know is I, I just told the truth. Absolutely. Per detail. That's exactly what happened out there. And I would like to know more about um, what was it? Was the being there because of the triangle? Was the triangle there observing the being? I mean, you know, there's 50 different directions you can go in with this. Well, it's, you said you said, you know, you just caught sight of it for a, an instant. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming this is a plowed field with corn growing in it, so there shouldn't be any bushes or boulders or trees or anything like that that would get in the way that, that might have fooled you because you got such a quick look at it before you before you ran off? Exactly right. This is a completely open field. The corn's only about four or five inches high, um, completely unobstructed view. But the reason I, I reported it, that it, it appeared more machine is because when you have a witness like that cornfield was dark and our best lighting was the stars above our heads. And well, although let, let me, let me interrupt you here because we're going to have to take our, our last break here. And when we come back, we'll, we'll get a little bit more on this. We don't have a lot of time left. And as I say, I'm talking with uh, Chase Klitsky and that's uh, her website is www.chase.com. Kletsky.com. My blog is www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And I will link to her uh, website uh, when I put this up on my blog for those of you who might want to take another look at some of the things that she's done in the past and some of her credentials to get a better idea of exactly who she is. So we will return right after this uh, with the final bit of a different perspective. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. 
They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. <music> 
We have returned for our final segment, which will be a short one here. Uh, we're talking with Chase Kletsky, who is a uh, member of the MUFON uh, with the special assignments team and had been part of the STAR team uh, back a number of years ago. When we left, we were talking about the being, the thing that you, that you saw in the field. There was nothing around that you could have mistaken for a being or anything like that. And you said that it was, uh, or you had the idea it was something mechanical. Did you? I think I came to that conclusion, Kevin, because, you know, the cornfield was so dark. And the witness had, at this time, a, a humongous, it's one of those big halogen flashlights, you know, that has kind of a handle and it's real boxy. And... You know, he's running with this. And, and I remember um, thinking back, you know, months later that I was focused on this crazy light that was left, right, left, right, left, right. And I realized I'm watching the light as I'm running um, and it was his flashlight. But how do you go from that dark to all of a sudden the witness stops? What the F is that? And not six feet away, have this huge, bright, bright light just thrown in your face. And I never saw a flicker, um, a squint, nothing. Um, and it's why I describe it as it, it just had no, nothing, no movement, um, completely stoic. And I thought that that was odd that, um, you know, which is why I described I thought maybe it was mechanical or robot or something. Um, however, I describe it completely looking biological. Um, I think... Um, you know, this is right after the incident, and I'm giving my testimony and my statement uh, the next day. And it, it's funny to look back on that now because it's completely truthful. But you could tell I'm still trying to be an investigator, um, telling, you know, exactly what happened the night before. Did Is it possible that this was some kind of an artifact created by the light beams in the field because of the darkness and the way eyes work and the imagination running wild with you? Could it be some kind of just thing that flashed in your mind that that is a a reflection from the lights or something? I would absolutely consider that if two of us hadn't have seen it and if, you know, it was it was right there. You know, this wasn't something I mean, it was physical. This wasn't something transparent or um, anything, anything but, you know, just this physical being standing there and just me being so shocked it was there. Um, You know, uh, I would almost anything's possible, except um, in my head, at least this thing was so physical, period. It's just the way I can describe it. But you all spun and ran away from it at the same time. Yeah, after um, everybody, and I didn't know for two weeks um, what uh, the witness and the other investigator have reported to the state director and the chief investigator. Um, We were all kept um, separate and not allowed to talk about what each of us remembered as a group. And it took about two weeks for everybody's um, testimony to be disposed and, you know, archived and and taken care of. you know, that I found out we all felt like it was hive mind. Um, we all felt controlled. None of us had, why would, why would you run? I mean, the triangle was gone at that point. If we were going to be afraid of something, um, nobody saw this being. In fact, the second investigator didn't see the being. It was just myself and the witness. 
And that's because where we were, where the being was, um, when she first turned to run, she was already past him. But I didn't know that for two weeks. I had no idea. So um, that was a little surprising. But, you know, it, I hate it made me a better investigator, Kevin, because what I say now is I know what I saw. I, I know what I saw. And this is something we hear from our witnesses consistently. And, you know, I've just learned to take that at face value. Well, I've, I've found that oftentimes what you see is not really what's there. Uh, based on Gestalt psychology, you kind of fill in the blanks. And uh, we have a number of reports of people seeing what they think is uh, a cigar-shaped craft with windows on it, or some people think it's an airplane crash, and what it really is is a meteor fall. And I've, I've seen wonderful examples of this on YouTube. There was one, one called uh, Meteor Compilation, and you looked at these different videos from different perspectives. If you can see the object breaking up and you can see it stringing out, but you you can see it on the screen so you can go back and look at it. But if you see it in real life, you might catch a glimpse of it and your mind kind of fills in the details there. Uh, and so I sometimes agree. what you, so sometimes what you think you see isn't what you've si- what you've seen. Well you've seen something else and misinterpreted it. So you have to be careful with that. No, absolutely. And these are things that we've not only considered but discussed thoroughly with you know other people that have come up with that um, as well. Kevin and and really asked us, you know, pretty profound questions that had not been asked before to determine that. Um, Like I said, I've never said I've seen an alien. What I describe is what I witnessed, what I know was true and what I saw of that evening. Um, I've never said alien. I always refer to it as a being because I don't want to use that term alien because what if it was a prop or something? What I can tell you is that um, I w- we all investigated thoroughly the next day. Um, for the next several months, there was people all over the scene. It turned into such a big case of MUFON. Everybody was coming in and investigating. And um, as far as the witnesses, we've all been um, you know, interviewed and re-interviewed and re-interviewed and re-interviewed for years. And um, I almost still hate to talk about it. Uh, probably because, you know, I'm an investigator. It's still unsolved. But I will let you know that I'm still up to any explanation. Uh, No one wants this case to be resolved more than I do. That would be wonderful. (laughs) Well, you talk about the investigation and people coming in to to investigate. Has it been written up somewhere so that if uh, somebody wanted to look up more information about it, they could go to maybe the MUFON Journal or someplace to find more about it? Yeah, I believe it was in the journal. Um, what One thing I will say, and that is um, all of us were at a Tennessee conference that was later that year. I think it was September, and we, we spoke with Travis Walton. But um, they asked us for the first time to come out and talk about this, and we're all on video and the other investigators there. Um, but it was the only time we all got to tell what happened. And, of course, the question was, you know, were there any discrepancies in the story? And the only one was we were all over the place on how high the triangle was. It's the only thing that uh, was different from our uh, stories from one another. Everything else fell right in line. So I know it's on video. Um, I know that. And that's the only time we ever um, spoke publicly together about it. 
Well, the question the question that pops into my mind, since you've spoken about it publicly and you've been very careful not to name any of the other witnesses, can we have some other names? Uh, the reason I don't talk about the investigator is because it was very shortly after this event. Um, she jumped in her car and left. She left her home, her family. Um, she was considered missing for several weeks until her family did find her and they found her, um, you know, kind of living out of her car and wanting to be uh, left alone. Um, I don't know why I don't. I don't naturally assume it had anything to do with this uh, sighting, um, but completely uh, meltdown, a complete meltdown, literally got in her car and left everything. And so out of respect, um, I do know that she has since wants nothing to do with any of this, the UFO community. Stop asking her stupid questions, blah, blah, blah. Stop trying to contact her. So out of respect, I keep her name out. Um, but it is Googleable, or Googleable? Is that a word? Um, it is this, now. <laughs> yeah, but it is all over, guys. It really is. And the only reason is I made a promise to my witness um, for several reasons, including he's the dad of small children that live in a small community that do not want to be teased. That's the you know family that saw the UFO. But I have made a promise to keep their name out until he is ready to come out. I do know that someday he's going to. I am desperate for him too. I'm tired of talking about it all by myself. Um, there is nothing better. Was he, than, at, was, was he at the UFO conference? Um, he was, but he did not speak. But um, there were key people in um, at that conference attending, knowing we were going to come out with this, that knew he was there and talked to him personally. So, um, but it was the investigators that was there, and um, and you know Eddie Middleton, the state director, and. Uh, Max Mitchell, the chief investigator, were also there and spoke because they came right in and, you know, took our depositions. Um, you know, everybody was doing the work and, you know, this big case after. So all well, of that was as a whole. Here's my final question because I'm just about out of time. Uh, you said we could find it on Google. What would we what would we type into the search engine to find this? Probably 2010 cornfield incident in Tennessee. Honestly, you'll probably get like 50 things on it. So, well, um, is your is your name associated with it? Uh, absolutely, my name's probably the only one. That and Mufon, um, the only name associated with it. You know, because again, you know, the witnesses asked for confidentiality. He did when he filled out the Mufon, the original report. But um, you know, I think the the fact that other investigators came out. Um, that's where it got bigger. Um, that's when I had, you know, some at least collaboration or corroboration that um, there was, you know, at least the after effects and, you know, the statements going forward. As well, far we're going to have to end it there. I can't. Okay. I'm, I'm just flat out of time. If you want to know more, it's Chase Kletsky. You can do, see her at www.chasekletsky.com. That's K-L-O-E-T-Z-E-K. -E -E Thank you very much for being with us here today. Next week, we'll be back with another episode of A Different Perspective. And for those of you who want more information, I'll try to get some more and put it on my blog at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And if you have an extra buck or two in your pocket, take a look at Roswell in the 21st Century. I would certainly appreciate it. We will be back in 167 hours with another episode of A Different Perspective.